You are listening to the Mission Matters Podcast Network, where we amplify the stories of entrepreneurs, executives, and experts. Welcome to Financial Legacy, Nothing Off Limits with Leah. I'm your courageous host, and February is the month of Black history. What a great time to celebrate the accomplishments of our culture, our ancestors. And how about yourself if you are making history? This is a great time to pat yourself on the back, show yourself some love, and be proud of your accomplishments. This is the show where gems of the world become intrigued by their rare gem moment, rare gem reveal, and we discuss their moment of truth. On today's show of HR Knows Best and How to Avoid HR Pitfalls, we'll be discussing the importance of human resources, what the daily activities should look like, recruiting, hiring, and choosing the best fit for your organization. Who's interviewing who? I'm asking questions and being able to get the answers that you need in order to fulfill the position according to who has the best experience and who's going to elevate your organization to another level. You want to make sure that you are choosing applicants who not only have experience, but those who are willing to learn, those who are willing to go above and beyond their job description. You want to kind of stay away from those who They say, that's not my job, or they can't help, or they're not available in other areas based on their particular role or position within the company. A team is people who stick together, work together. And remember, there is no I in team. So be aware of red flags. You want to make sure you establish a baseline. That is, you want to observe the applicant from the very beginning to the very end and understand the nonverbal patterns. This is very important to be attuned to micro expressions. You're probably thinking, what are micro expressions? When you take a look at the word micro meaning small expression. So you want to be sure, maybe you want to pay attention because everyone has their own nonverbal patterns, such as when they get angry, if their upper eyelids raise or thinning of the lips, wrinkled foreheads, someone who may be contempt, or how about what it looks like to be disgusted? Do you understand what fear looks like on someone? Not your fear, but someone else's. How about happiness and sadness and surprise? As these are all emotions that we experience as being people. So you want to tune in to your applicant or your interviewees, and you want to understand what they're feeling at that very moment. Kind of maybe if you have a really good discernment of spirit, you can also rely on that as well. If you are in an environment and you can absorb it, as you may be able to understand some of the barriers and pick up on someone else's mood to kind of understand what that conversation is going to look like. So if you're working in the human resource office, And your daily activities are to ensure all the employees, hours, time clock, documents, forms, pay, pay, pay. 
that's mostly what human resources relied upon. But human resource is an important department for business, no matter what side. In this department, professionals manage the concerns and needs that relates to the human capital of the organization or the people who work for the business. And employees must understand how critical or how important this department is. And if this department is not functioning correctly, business will fail. So you want to be sure that you are not the stress factor in human resource. If your name is circulating in the human resource office, you want it to pertain to maybe a evaluation that's coming up or your performance and increase. How about a new job? As you don't want to be in human resource way, or you don't want to be on the hot list in human resource. You want to avoid this because they often manage recruiting, hiring, and firing, as well as onboarding new hires and managing the orientation process to get the employees set up for their new roles. And what does that look like? Human resource definitely should encourage applicants to talk. One of the greatest challenges in the world is interviewing and having someone feel comfortable enough to open up to you and to talk about their past experience, about their capabilities, about their weaknesses, about their strengths. A lot of the times you may see on a job survey or a personality It asks you to describe your weakness, but a weakness is simply an opportunity to become better and to take that vulnerability or what you see as a negativity and turn it into a positive. As being human, we all have traits that we could improve in. We all have characteristics in. We all have skills that we can improve in. So don't be worried about those weaknesses. Just Stick to who you are and sell who you are. The most important part is finding out if you're a good fit for this organization. There is no way to absolutely complete an entire 8 to 12 hour shift in misery. If you're not excited about the work you're doing, the money won't make a difference. So applicants and human resource, talk about it. Talk about your expectations. Talk about what it is that you want. And don't be afraid to highlight yourself as you're going to compliment one another, as this is what this professional relationship will be based on. With others, however, talking to an interviewer can be intimidating and unnerving, regardless of how much they want the job. Selling themselves is very difficult. The applicants need help. Here are some ways to encourage applicants to speak freely. You want to use repetition. This encourages the applicants to continue talking and to help clarify certain points. Repeating the last few words of the applicant's statement and letting their voice trail off as a question mark will encourage the person to elaborate. Think about it. For example, suppose that the last point an applicant made was The most difficult part of being a manager was that I was in charge of 25 people. Now, when you think of 25 people, and just imagine yourself for one moment, 
overseeing 25 different personalities. These are people who have different backgrounds, different morals, different values, and different expectations. How do you make it work? What you could say to this person who find it very difficult to be in charge of 25 people is, you supervise 25 people. Hmm. How was your experience and how did it make you feel? And if you were to be positioned to manage 25 more people, do you feel you could succeed? Now, this is a topic to talk about. Most of the time, we don't get the direct answer we're looking for because we don't ask the direct question. We ask an indirect question and we expect an answer we formulated in our brains and it does not work that way. You have to ask a person a question and you have to accept the response they give you based on their thinking. You want to summarize like repetition. Summarization allows the applicant to clarify points made up to that point in the interview and to elaborate as necessary. It further ensures an accurate understanding on your part. Summarization may be used at specific times, intervals in their interview. Maybe a certain topic that had been fully discussed. So you want to make sure they understand. And if you have any questions, don't leave it on the table. You don't want to make it difficult or you don't want to still have questions after that conversation. You want to Make sure you're understood and they understand the expectations and what it is that you desire in order to move on. Ask closed-ended questions. Asking competency-based questions will yield the most information. Some applicants find it very difficult talking and responding in a way for a closed-ended question. There are effective and limited purposes for allowing the applicant to achieve a certain comfort level before moving on. Interviewers or HR, think about it. If you are in a position and you want to excel, but maybe you suffer from anxiety or you're fearful or you're scared you're not going to be accepted or you're nervous you're not going to be enough, how would you want this interview set up for you? What type of environment would you want to be placed in so that you can deliver the best results so that you can elevate? Use encouraging body language. Eye contact is extremely important in communication. Laugh, smile, feel warm as this will lead a very great conversation. And it doesn't matter at that very moment how you're feeling. Take a second and leave your feelings at the door and allow someone else to have their moment. Silence. Most people find silence to be very awkward and uncomfortable. Consequently, interviewers often feel compelled to talk whenever the applicant stops. Unless you are prepared to ask another question, though talking when you need additional information from the applicant will not help you reach a higher decision. When the applicant stops talking and you want him or her to continue, try silently and slowly counting to five before speaking again. This pause often compels an applicant 
to go on. Of course, you want to be careful not to carry on silence for too long. Now, I know for some of you all, this may be very tricky. As you use silence as your defense mechanism, or sometimes you just use silence as your communication method. Silence is not always golden. And here's the thing about silence. It's silence does not always speak volume. As you could be silent at the wrong time and you could absolutely miss your opportunity. When silence is happening or you're silent in your environment, yes, this could provide you with the opportunity to think, but it can also provide you the opportunity to shine. Most of the time in a silent environment, people are quiet because they don't know what to say. As I've learned through a plethora of conversations, when someone gives me silence, it's because they're really thinking about what I'm saying. And I know at that very point, I should stop because to continue with what I have to say is overwhelming. And what is meant to be encouraging could simply turn into becoming discouraging. And that is never the case. And I know that is nothing that I'd ever want to do or position someone who I want to add to my team. So I've learned over time to give just enough and to hold back just enough as well and allow someone to be able to think and to gain clarity. Now, this is not saying that I've mastered this. Because I struggle with this. But I have to remember doing interviewing to be very diligent and to always practice good policies and procedures so that great people can be added to our team. We all have our own unique styles and ability and everyone deserves to shine in their own way. Put aside the jealousy and the envy and the comparison. As that is not an efficiently running human resource department. Or that is not efficiently running an organization that can achieve success with different personalities and different people. People want to know that they're valued. People want to know that they're heard. And most importantly, Everyone wants to be seen as we all have something to bring to the table. What do you bring to the table? How do you shine? Have you sat down to make a list of your assets? Have you sat down to make a list of the negatives and the positives and the liabilities? What about have you thought about the steps on how to improve these skills? A lot of the times, employees go in. And when they're done interviewing, they have a lot to say. Most of the time I'm hearing they were uncomfortable. They didn't get a chance to ask the question. They didn't feel they could be themselves, but they needed the job so that they can make the money to support the family. Well, it's time to change the narrative. During most interviews, applicants are responsive to the questions asked and format laid out by their interviewers. Sometimes applicants try to take over or distract the interviewer by going off of the topic. This sometimes may be a deliberate attempt to cover up lack of job-specific knowledge or experience, or it may inadvertently result from the inability to provide detailed responses 
to challenging competency-based questions. Whatever the reason is, interviewers need to be able to keep the applicant on track. When an applicant asks an interviewer to elaborate on the history of the company, what does that look like for you, interviewer? How do you elaborate on your company? Is that a one to three minute sentence? Is that a paragraph? Is that a slide? Is this information provided in a email format only? What does that look like for you for someone to gain the knowledge on your organization? When an applicant tries to change the subject from the discussion of his or her qualifications, how do you get this applicant back on track to provide you with what you need to get your answers? Or what about when the applicant insists on discussing positions that he or she didn't apply for? How about how do you respond? One way is you can pull out the job description and you can inform this applicant that this is what they apply for. If there's another interest, then there is another process. But these are really good topics. How about if an applicant is avoiding answering questions directly? To mitigate the risk and avoid hiring the wrong person, you could respond to this applicant by saying, if you're having difficulties relating your answers to my questions, that's going to cause a problem for me later when evaluating all applicants' response. This is a great way not only to have this applicant stop and think about the very moment they're in, but you can professionally let this person know that this may be something that will disqualify them. And we know, because we've all heard it and even said it, first impression is everything. Consider the role of perception. Perception ideals about people. First impression, information from others, single statements. Together, form a valuable interview component. Can you determine job suitability by sizing people up in a split second based on their appearance? Absolutely not. This is not to say that appearance, clothing, colors, and grooming does not play a significant role in the process, but first impression is everything. Suppose an applicant's response to one of your questions rub you the wrong way. If you're unaware of the impact that a single statement have, it could bother you to the extent that you eliminate the person from further consideration. This might occur even though the comment doesn't constitute a valid reason for rejection. Now, here is a human resource pitfall that you want to avoid. As we may know it as biases, and we all have them. But this is a major pitfall of human resource, depending on who, what, when, where, and why, and how their day is going can have a major impact on the applicant's process. So you want to be very careful and you want to make sure that you're putting your applicant at ease and establish a report. Applicants, you want to make sure when you're walking through the door, that you've taken a deep breath, you've cleared your mind, 
you're embracing this moment and you're going to live in it and deliver yourself according to your goals. You can also determine at the end of this interview or application process if you're even still considering wanting to take this job. If the interviewer rubbed the applicant the wrong way, how do you overcome these obstacles without the anxiety, without the fear, without the attitude and address that maybe what was said or what was done was unprofessional and uncomfortable and you no longer want to pursue the relationship with the employer? You have to establish boundaries. Boundaries are extremely important in all relationships. But this is a great way to be able to mitigate the risk and become successful. That way the interviewer and or the applicant does not waste time in pursuing a career or an interest not of value to life for you or for someone else. Ethnocentrism refers to applying our values, standards, and beliefs to judge or evaluate others. Other factors also come into play. This can result in stereotypical misperceptions and it can block an applicant's response or nonverbal message and it deviates from the interviewer's preconceived notions. When perceptions are based on ethnocentric thinking, objectivity falls by the wayside. And you're probably sitting here thinking like, what is that? I wouldn't do that. Well, if you're a human, you would. And if you have your own morals, ethics, and values, as we utilize this most times to make decisions. But if you're representing a company and you're working in the HR department, your job is to assist the employee. And that is those on the team and those who will be added to the team. Employees have personal needs and challenges that arise when working with any organization. And the human resource department may be able to provide resources and assistance. Even if this applicant is not a good fit for you, will you be the type to kindly let them know that they're not a good fit? And where they may better pursue their goals or their interests or somewhere else that may be a fit to them that you're aware of. Maybe it is another position within the company that they would be perfect for. How would you take this situation and turn it into a positive? That is the question. So all my listeners, I just want to say that I thank you so very much for tuning in. I appreciate your feedback your thoughts, and your support. If this is giving you what you need, don't forget to download and subscribe. Pass this along to your family and your friends. I thank you so very much for tuning into Financial Legacy, Nothing Off Limits with Leah. I'm your courageous host. And again, February is the month of Black history. We are celebrating our history, our ancestors. And if you're making history, don't forget to celebrate yourself. Pat yourself on the back, give yourself a hug because you've done phenomenal.
you can hit me up on IG at financial underscore legacy underscore Leah or email me at president at A-L-E-A-S helpinghand.vision. Thank you for your time and I will catch you later. This has been a Mission Matters Network production. Listen to this show and browse our entire catalog by visiting missionmatters.com.